or what is the reason for possible podcasting podcasting but don't know how do you want to make money from your podcast do you want your podcast to be broadcast on various platforms you have one single answer to all your question anchor anchor helps you to create and edit your podcast it shares your podcast across various other podcasting platforms like spotify breaker google podcast all you need to do is anchor this cannot record your podcast and anchor does the rest anchor the one stop podcasting platform for you good morning mitro this is ratnakar here in another episode of history under your feet today i'll be taking a look at one of the greatest hindu seers of the 20th century bhagwan ramana maharshi whose birth anniversary is today as per the english calendar and whose ashram in tiruvannamalai attracts millions of devotees from all over the world even now again this is more a look at bhagwan's life i'm not really very qualified enough to discuss his philosophy in depth or even examine it critically so mitro let's get started ramana maharshi was born in arudra darshanam Basically, it's a festival celebrated in the Tamil month of Margazi, primarily during December to January. This festival celebrates Shiva as Nataraja, and it takes place on the full moon night. It is also considered the longest night of the year. This festival was being celebrated in full splendor in a village called as Tiruchilly. that was south of madurai and just as the deity entered the temple past midnight on december 30th 1 am he was born in the home of sundaram ayer a pleader known for his very benevolent nature generosity deeply religious and his wife alagamal the baby boy who was born on this very auspicious occasion was named venkataraman but in the years to come people would be knowing him more as bhagwan ramana maharshi one of the greatest hindu saints of the 20th century venkataraman's life was like any other average boys he went to school in tiruchi later in later dindigal when his father passed away at 12 years he went to live with his paternal uncle subrayer at madurai though he was enrolled at the american mission high school there he was never really much interested in studies like any other boy he loved to play games he was known for his physical strength more often than not he just liked to slip into a very deep sleep where nobody could disturb him 
The turning point came in his life when he was around 16 years old. A very elderly relative had visited the family in Madurai and Venkatraman asked him where he was from. The relative simply said Arunachala, something in the word that excited him a lot. Venkatraman's curiosity was aroused and he asked from Arunachala where is it? The relatives said it was the same as Tiruvannamalai. And this was something he mentioned later in one of his works, Eight Stanjans to Arunachala. Ah, what a wonder! Arunachala stands as an insignificant hill. Its action is mysterious, past human understanding. From the age of innocence, it had shown within my mind that Arunachala was something of unsurpassing grandeur. This curiosity about Arunachala turned into a very deeper spiritual longing. When Venkatraman <coughs> came upon Puranam, a book on the lives of 63 famous Saivite saints, the book had such a deep impact on him and that inculcated a love and faith for the divine. It went beyond just mere love, a longing started arising of renunciation and devotion. It was like a higher spiritual calling was out there asking him to renounce the world. And that came in 1896 when he was sitting and alone in his uncle's room and he was, he was just 17. Everything this just seemed normal. But all of a sudden a fear of death overtook him. He assumed that he indeed would be dying, but it was not a fear now. It was a curiosity and longing to find out. Death has come. What does it? What does death mean? <coughs> what is it is that is dying? The body dies. For some time he lay down in a motionless state. He's stiffening his body. And then again the thought started coming in. What shall happen to me once I die? I shall be cremated, the body shall be burnt to ashes. But what exactly is dead here? Is it just the physical body? Even when the body is inert, I can feel the full force of my personality and voice of I within me. <coughs> and that is where <coughs> he realized that while the physical body passes away, the spirit remains eternal. As he explained later, I was something very real and the fear of death vanished once and for all. That realization changed him completely. His attention was more towards the spiritual side now. Venkataraman lost all interest in the worldly matters, school, education friends, relation, nothing mattered to him. He preferred to go to the Minakshi temple in Madurai, sit in solitude for hours together, just thinking. And after some time he realized that there was no use pretending to be interested in the world. And with just five rupees in his pocket, he quietly left home without informing and proceeded to Tirvannamalai. 
I have in search of my father and obedience to his command started from here. This is none. This is just embarking on a very virtuous enterprise. Nobody need to grieve over this. Venkatraman though was unaware there was a direct route to Tiruvannamalai from Madurai. He took a, took a ticket to Tindivanam which seemed the nearest station. A Malvi who was also travelling told Venkatraman that he could travel to Arunachala from Billipuram also. With whatever money he had, Venkatraman purchased a ticket to Mambalapattu from Villipuram and from there he decided to walk to Tiruvannamalai. By evening he had reached Ariyanalur, close to Tiruvannamalai and sat down in the huge pillared hall of the temple there. It was there that he had a huge vision of a very bright, massive light that was enveloping the entire place. However, as the temple was closing, the priests asked him to move out. A very kind temple drummer gave him some food to eat and he slept there for the night. On Gokulashtami day, he found, home, he found a refuge in the home of one Muttu Krishna Bhagavatar, where the lady of the house fed him. He pledged his gold earrings to take a loan and the lady also gave him some sweets. Spending the night at the station, finally on September 1st, 1896, he boarded the train to Tiruvannamalai and he entered the massive Arunachaleshwara temple there through the gates, straight up to the inner sanctorium and stood in front of the Lord. He found his destiny in life. Ramana had now truly relearned the world. For some time he resided in the great temple at Tiruvannamalai where he used to spend days in just meditation. He even shifted to an underground vault known as the Patala Lingam where he spent days together undisturbed. And after some time he was shifted to a nearby shrine of Subramanya where one of where somebody where somebody someone or other always took care of him. After six months Ramana shifted his residence to a place called Gurumurtham on the request of the temple's keeper. And it was around this time more and more people began to come to him. His, pop, his fame grew. Ramna's mother Alagammal in the meantime visited him along with her son Nagaswami. By then he was living at Pavalakkunru on the eastern side of Arunachala. His mother wept, asked him to come home. Ramana, however, was unmoved and his mother had to leave with a very heavy heart. Soon after Ramana moved to a cave called Virupaksha, where crowds still used to come in large numbers to listen to him. Not just priests and scholars, even children, the illiterate, the uneducated came to him. Such was his presence that everybody felt an inner peace around them. Soon his mother also came to live along with him along with her youngest son Nagasundra. From 1916 onwards, Ramna moved from Virupaksha to Skandasram, where he also trained his mother and brother in the spiritual life. Nagasundaram assumed the name of Narinjanananda and he was often called as Chinnaswami by the devotees. 
However, Ramana's mother's health deteriorated and soon in 1922 she passed away. Ramana was with his mother in the last phases of her life, tending all the nights to her. He built a memorial to her on the southern side of the hill which he used to visit daily. After six months, Ramana permanently shifted to the spot where the Ramanashram now exists. A temple was raised over the spot and consecrated in 1949. It began in a very humble manner, just a shed with some bamboo poles and leaves. However, with regular donations coming from visitors not just in India but abroad, the ashram grew. Among the early devotees who came was Ganapati Shastri, a very great Sanskrit scholar and sage who had earlier visited Ramana in the Virupaksha cave. Shastri learned about tapas from Ramana Maharshi and he was the one who proclaimed him to be Bhagwan. He also wrote the Ramana Gita explaining his teachings. His first western devotee was F.H. Humphreys, who was a police officer in India during the British time. The ashram also had a gaushala where Ramna regularly took care of the cows that was managed by his younger brother. Ramna loved to be by himself all in the meditation hall which was always open for the devotees. As the ashram grew larger, a school, a study school, a library were added, a temple was built over his mother's tomb. However, age and poor health began to take a toll on him physically from 1947 onwards. He was already 70 by the, then, <clears throat> and, but by 1948 it was clear he was suffering from sarcoma in his left arm. When surgeons recommended amputating the arm, he said, let my body have a natural end. Why mutilate it? However, however the infection spread all over, but he bore the pain and suffering with a smile, continued to meet his devotees, answer their questions patiently. <coughs> on, 15, on 14th April 1950, the end came near. When he gave darshan to all his devotees for the last time. Ramana Maharshi's philosophy was aimed at self-realization. It is centered around inquiry into the nature of the self about the notion of I. The self was a force or current which he felt during his near-death experience. More often than not, he used the term Satchitananda to describe the near consciousness and bliss. He considered the self to be permanent and enduring. He instructed his devotees to remove their ignorance by self-awareness. The real self or real life is contrary to perceptible experience, not an experience of individuality, <coughs> but a non-personal all-inclusive awareness. It is not to be confused with the individual self which he said was essentially non-existent. Silence is the true Pudesa. The perfect Upadesa is suited only for the most advanced seeker. The others are unable to draw full inspiration for it. Therefore, they require words to explain the truth. One of Ramana Maharshi's very famous devotees was William Somerset Maugham, the famous English author who 
who had visited his ashram. His novel The Rager's Edge had a character based on Ramana Maharshi too. If you want to understand Ramana Maharshi better, I would recommend reading his book Nan Yar, Who Am I? And when you are visiting Tiruvannamalai, do visit his ashram. Nitro, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to listen to my podcast on Ramana Maharshi. And I hope you enjoyed and like it. Thank you very much.